Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, whole cut meat products printed on demand for you. Sounds like the magical replicator from Star Trek, huh? Well, did you know that this is becoming a reality these days? Now, in fact, an Israel based biotech company called Stakeholder Foods, and I'm talking about S T E A K here, uh, is combining stem cell technologies and 3D printing to create meals on demand. Now, the company also developed a process that has achieved 50 times more growth in cell production yield. But how far are we from making 3D printed meat accessible to the man in the street? Well, Stakeholder Foods, which is listed on the US Nasdaq, also recently received its first grant of up to $1 million from the Singapore-Israel Industrial R&D Foundation to develop 3D printed structured eel and grouper products with this company called uh, Umami Meats. But what can we expect here? Well, let's speak to Arik Kaufman, CEO and co-founder of Stakeholder Foods. Well, Arik, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great, great to have you. And great to have you on as well. So, Arik, to get us started, I understand that Stakeholder Foods is an Israel-based biotech company. You use stem cell tech to make cultivated meat products using 3D printing. Sounds like a sci-fi movie here. So, tell us more about your business models, the products and services you provide. Do you sell the machines or do you sell the meat instead? Sure. So, what, what makes us, uh, Stakeholder Foods, stand, stand out of the crowd of cultivated, of the whole cultivated meat companies industry is our unique 3D bioprinter. We know how to print ready-to-cook hybrid products and fully cultivated uh, meat products at an uh, almost industrial scale. Mm. And we know how to keep the cells viable, undamaged, and alive throughout uh, the printing process. Right. That's what makes us like, stand out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. So, do you sell the machines or the meat in particular in terms of your revenue model? So I think that like, due to the advancement stage that we've reached with the printing capabilities, we can uh, today already offer the printing technology to the full industry from our competitors and through the traditional meat producers. Our printer is very scalable, it's modular, it can fit for multi-species uh, companies. So we can tailor our printer to different demands of different companies. Right, and let's talk about your industry positioning, Arik. Where does stakeholder foods fit in the alternative meat industry and what would you consider to be your biggest competitive advantage against the biggest players, particularly those in the plant-based alternative scene? So I would divide, I think, the answer into two. So we, stakeholder foods, we are the only publicly traded cultivated meat company. As you said, we are traded with the NASDAQ, our ticker is SPKH. Mm-hmm. And because we are public, we are bound to accuracy. So I can say that we are among the leading players in this industry. Mm. And, and while we have incredible, sophisticated biological advancements, I think that our secret sauce for no doubt is our easy printer. That's what makes us stand out of the crowd of the, of the cultivated meat uh, companies. And regarding, I think, your second question, what differentiates us from the plant-based uh, sector mm. is that we intend to produce real meat. So our potential uh, customer audience is much more broader. Uh, the plant-based alternative, they will, I think, will be always limited with the potential growth as people are used to eat for many tens of thousands of years real meat. So I believe that they will replace real meat only with real meat. And I think that there... That's a challenge for the plant-based uh, alternatives. Right, and speaking of real meat, uh, Arik, my co-host Tim is very excited and interested about the particular type of material you use to print uh, that cultivated meat products. Could you maybe enlighten him a little bit? 
Yes, sure. So we we are using stem cells uh, in our publicly company, publicly traded company, and we know how to differentiate these cells into mass and uh, fat cells and muscle cells. We know how to mm. proliferate them and grow them to a certain amount that can be either loaded into our 3D printer, then, then we can print structured and matrices of meat, or either integrate them into the plant-based products, what, what will be called hybrid products. And what is the texture like when you bite into these? So the texture of the, I think the answer is like it will come in stages. So the first product that will enter the market will be products that will contain only a certain percentage of the cultured ingredients. And it, it does affect the texture. If you, if you integrate real fat into a plant-based patty, it's like uh, it's a magic. So it, it, it changes the aroma. But texture-wise, I think that only when we will see the more advanced products that went to the market, the, the, the fully cultivated, the almost fully cultivated products, then you will know that you are replacing the, the, the steak that you see in the restaurant with a cultivated product that is almost and, and maybe more of the same of the, of the, old, of the old meat that you are using. Right, and Arik, I do want to talk about the um, business environment that you lie in. What do you think is the number one trend influencing the cultivated meat industry and how does it affect how stakeholder foods position yourself for the future, be it your relationship with partners, your product offerings and your positioning strategy? So I think that the main building block for the whole cultivated meat industry was the, the regulation barrier. And mm-hmm. currently, and I have to say with a lot of positive backwards from the significant regulatory advancement in your country, in Singapore, there's a clear pathway to the regulatory approval in the United States. And I think that it will allow for the first wave of hybrid uh, products to enter the market in the, in, the next, in the upcoming years. So while we are also a player in the hybrid products market, like our 3D printer allows us to potentially expect revenue stream much quicker than our competitors, who mm. solely are dependent on regulation for, uh, for future revenue. And we can commercialize potentially our printers to some of the, of the ecosystem and foresee potential revenue from there. Right, and since we're on the topic of business strategy, stakeholder foods, you guys have developed a process that achieved 50 times more growth and cell production yield. Uh, how would that affect the price of cultivated meat uh, produced by your company and is it accessible to the men in the street yet? So our biological team is always pushing forward to reach like price parity. But at the end, we, we are thinking about scale and price parity with respect to cell production. And I think it's no secret to everyone who is familiar in this industry that the main bottleneck is the cost of the growth medium. Mm. Uh, so uh, we are always trying to push and work on advanced methodologies that will enable us to lower this cost. And in this case that we've shared uh, through uh, PR, because we are public, the filtering system uh, maximizes the usage of growth media, which enables the separation of cells from the media, mm. and continues to remove the used media and replace it with fresh media. And then we took the removed media, and we can reduce at the end the cost as part of our future circular economy approach, uh, which we intend to implement in the future. We intend to reuse uh, the media and 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 uh, and lower the cost mm. of the production. Is there any telling how much of a cost reduction we can look at? Um, so I think that it's a little bit challenging to exactly uh, mention mm. cost. Sure, sure. And, 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 and you've, you've asked something where we can see, where we can see, I didn't answer your question, where we can see it on the street. Mm. So I think that regarding cost, if we look at 2013, first cultivated burger, a very famous one, 
It costed more than three hundred thousand mm. dollars. That's like millions per kilo. Uh, I think that approximately two years ago, the industry already reported uh, a cost of around twenty k per mm. kilo. Mm. And since then, companies reported the dramatical uh, decrease. So we did not disclose how much it cost us sure. to uh, to produce. But I can say that in twenty twenty one. We've 3D printed the largest stake ever printed, mm. and, uh, and a year afterwards, we've 3D printed the uh, value-alike uh, meat called Omakasa beef morsels. And I can say that the, the product that we printed in 2022 was tens of percents lower in the price than the one that we printed uh, in 2021. Mm. Right. And I think I think that we will. It will be a process, so we won't see stakes in the in the grocery stores yet. That's mm. why we will see the hybrid products first. But as time will go by and the, and the cost will decrease, we will see more sophisticated cultivated meat products entering the market with a higher percentage of, uh, of cultured ingredients. And at mm. the end, we will see real whole cuts of uh, steaks entering the grocery store. Right. And uh, Arik, Stakeholder Foods has uh, received your first grant of up to $1 million from the Singapore Israel Industrial R&D Foundation, which is uh, which will be used to develop 3D printed structured yield and grouper products with this company called Umami Meats. So tell us more about that. Sure. So our, our partnership with Umami Meats offered us a unique opportunity uh, for market entry, the only country in the world where cultivated meat has regulatory approval, Singapore. So this collaboration, we've aimed to develop a scalable process for producing 3D printed structured cultivated fish products, which is a very exciting sector. Mm. Uh, we use a newly developed technology and we try to mimic the flackiness texture yeah. of, the cook, of the cooked fish that was recently submitted and we've protected it with a patent application. I think that like, showcased the potential of collaborating also with larger scale companies uh, on a strategic level for us. But it's a very, very exciting uh, first collaboration for stakeholder food. Speaking of strategy, stakeholder foods, you guys are listed on the US NASDAQ, but your headquarters are located in Israel. So tell us more about the value of Israel as a hub for biotech innovation. Also, what are some future plans for 2023? So, yeah, so we are, stakeholder food is listed in the second largest stock exchange in the world, that's the NASDAQ. We are accessible for all. And but we are uh, in all our development is uh, conducted here in Israel, which is like called uh, the startup nation. And I think that Israel has emerged as a leading hub for uh, biotech innovation. We have a thriving ecosystem of startups, very advanced academic institutions, and we have access to very skilled talents. I think that this this enables us to reach uh, advancement soon at a very high pace. And that said, we are still exposed to, to the second largest stock exchange in the world. So that contributes us to our future success. All right. Thanks very much, Arik. That was Arik Kaufman, CEO and co-founder of Stakeholder Foods. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.